Welcome to Jay Madison's Rural America. It's a journey through the stories impacting rural economies and country lifestyles. Jay Madison's Rural America is also a production of Jefferson County Economic Development. Now here's Jay. Hey there, folks. This is Jay Madison, and welcome to Jay Madison's Rural America. I'm one of your hosts, and on the phone with me, calling from his Southern Command Center, Agricultural Command Center, is the one, the only, Mr. Ron Robbins. How you doing today, sir? I'm doing great, Jay. How are you doing? Not too bad, not too bad. Uh, getting back into the office groove of things. Uh, had a little bit of an opportunity to travel at the beginning of the week here, and uh, had a great time, something I hadn't done in quite a while, so... Uh, quite a bit of well, fun. Well, you've been, you've been getting out of the office quite a bit here lately. Uh, kudos to you, getting out and about. <laughs> and, uh, uh, boy, Jay. Well, you know, we got it. Yeah, I just got the credit card statement for the trip to uh, the uh, Florida conference there. And, oh, my God, the paperwork I got to do for that one. It might, it might curtail some of my traveling uh, in the future here because that's just a pain doing all the paperwork that you have to do when you when you travel on the company uh budget so oh yeah no i hear you so how uh so we always talk a little bit about weather of course uh down here in florida uh we are getting may weather in february now march uh very warm very dry locals are saying it's uh it's uh the warmest uh, stretch of weather that they've seen in many, many years. Basically, every day is 80 and sunny, and uh, which is just uh, fairly pleasant compared to the North Country, obviously. But we we seem to be getting up north uh, a lot of back-to-back storms and a lot of. Uh, diversified precipitation. It seems. <laughs> yeah. yeah, now it's coming in the form of brown snow. Yeah, so I'm seeing that all over social media, and of course, there's all kinds of conspiracy theories out there about all this brown snow and everything from, uh, you know, fallout from the East Palestine, Ohio uh, train wreck to dust clouds from Kansas, Oklahoma. But yeah, uh, I mean it. It. Uh, I'm colorblind. For any of our listeners that don't know, I'm colorblind, so. I can see color, but I don't always see it the same way as everybody else. So at first, I didn't pay any attention. I noticed the snow looked different as, after this last storm. You know, I, I didn't trust what I was seeing. And then on uh, social media, I saw all the posts of brown. And then some folks were saying they had blue snow. And yeah, and so it actually, as it melted, it uh, it left uh, almost uh, colored streaks on the on the hoods of people's cars and trucks, and uh, which I had it, noticed that, but I thought, you know, I just thought, okay, well, that's just because it had streaked up, you know, with the with the snow melting off and the rain and the freezing rain we had had, and I just thought, okay, that's just a weird you know, streaking because the truck was dirty. Uh, but then, you know, I saw everybody else post and I, I thought, huh, well, I, I guess that wasn't, <laughs> wasn't normal. And then the brown snow, I 
you know, it was just a day or two ago, I went out and looked and I said, holy crap, it is brown. It, it's very noticeable for me to see it especially. It's very noticeable. And folks, it's not like the snow is the color of dirt. You see snow, but then it's got this uh, fine layer of dust, what appears to be dust mixed in with it. That, you know, you and I had exchanged some uh, thoughts on what it could be uh when we started getting all the questions from folks, and and I did, I all of a sudden, Jay, how come our snow's brown? Jay, how come our snow's blue? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, you know, it's just, uh, you know, who knows what's going on. I mean, here we've had, we've had balloons, <laughs> and uh, now we have colored snow. So uh, I, I'm not sure what to think anymore, uh, Jay. I, but... I, I, I hear you loud and clear. I do not know what to think. You know, like you said, between the balloons, you know, the satellite, you know, the spy balloons, the hobby balloons. The... <laughs> <laughs> well, and you know, if uh, the West Coast is, have you followed the weather out there about yeah, Southern boy, California? Getting... I mean, whoo. They're getting some unbelievably snow. cold snow all the way to almost San Diego, and they're talking. They're talking some of those places getting uh, seven, eight feet of snow multiple times. Of course, I've got a friend who's spending a couple months in Arizona, and he said the uh, it is so wet in Arizona right now. They went took side by sides to go up into the into the hills. And many of the mountain streams, uh, they couldn't cross. They were flowing so heavy. And he said the cow pastures are actually green. He said many years they're there, you know, the poor cows are, they're trying to figure out how to eat a cactus. He said they, they have no problem finding green grass right now. So right, right. Well, just they, a they, really strange weather setup. Well, you know, all my life I've studied the environment. I went to college for environmental sciences, uh, was really big into ecology, uh, the study of relationships and stuff. I don't claim to be an expert by far, but it's always been an interest and some training in it. And so the one thing I've learned throughout my life is that Mother Nature always seems to take care of herself, and forgive me for not being gender neutral and all of that wokeness, uh, but Mother Nature does tend to take care of itself eventually. I I look at what's happening out West, and, you know, I, I think it's just a matter, and everybody will, you know, point to climate change. All, uh, yeah, maybe a little bit, but I, eventually Mother Nature cycles around so that she takes care of herself. She brings moisture where moisture hasn't been, uh, where it you know where it's needed. Things tend to circle around and even out over time, and that time is not based on human uh, demands. It's based on the time of the Earth and its cycles, which we don't completely understand, whether we think we do or not. And, so, you know, I look at what's happening out in California, and I think she's taking care of herself. She's regenerating areas that needed to be regenerated in a desperate way, um, mm -hmm. and I think that's what's happening. Now, with this yeah. brown snow, you know, I don't know. I, 
I did when when the train derailment in East Palestine happened, and then they burned off all of those hazardous chemicals, which, hmm, I don't know if that's the smartest way to handle it, but I'm not the expert. Uh, I did look at the wind patterns, and it certainly appeared that the plume for that burnoff, what would have went up into the atmosphere, did end up flowing northeastward and you know, up into Pennsylvania and a large portion of New York, including uh, northern New York. Some of that plume did go over us. Now, did, was there anything there? Were there, you know, would it have created brown particles? I don't know. Um, I do tend to look at, okay, if there were dust storms out in western out in the western United States, southwestern United States, if the wind patterns were uh, correct in the correct direction, potentially some of that dust would get carried in the atmosphere. And then if atmospheric conditions are right, it could potentially uh, fall out over, us and other portions and it was across new york state that we weren't the only ones i saw right reports. right and it, even virginia west virginia yeah. parts of pennsylvania so um yeah yeah now very I, interesting stuff i mean we all know that whatever happened there in east palestine ohio was not good no um no. putting all that chemicals up into the atmosphere and you have no idea really how those those chemicals interact with the you know the electric ions that are up there in the atmosphere and i mean i mean i'm i was never very good at chemistry or or physics so i'll leave that to somebody smarter right. than me but right but uh well listen jay uh <laughs> you uh you spent a couple days down in our state capital this week i understand yes i did i i went with uh representatives of jefferson county farm bureau which technically i am too i'm on the board of directors for jefferson county farm bureau uh, there were three representatives, including myself, uh, who traveled traveled to Albany uh, for what they call their PX days. It's an opportunity where uh, Farm Bureau members from across New York State go to Albany to meet with our state elected officials and administrative officials uh, to talk about agricultural issues. And now, PX days—that's policy execution. Short oh. for policy execution. I'm glad you knew that because I wondered why they yeah. called it PX <laughs> Yeah, just for the listeners to understand, yeah. that goes that goes way, way back, Jay. Long before, I mean, when my dad was involved with Farm Bureau, I mean, back 50 years ago or so. And, you know, I think, you know, we think about the... I remember him going to to PX days in Albany, and, uh, and of course, you know, then I went for years, and uh, and that was short for policy execution. <laughs> I'm glad you knew, because I wondered, I'm like, why do they call it PX days? And I tried all <laughs> sorts of, uh, you know, connotations of that or whatever the word is, and just couldn't come up with anything that makes sense. So now <laughs> well, I know. That up. Thank yeah. you very much, sir. <laughs> Anybody that's listening to the show today, policy execution days, New York Farm Bureau. Well, anyways, yeah, so we went down on Monday. The first day, you get there in the afternoon, 
And in the ag, the big facility there next to the legislative office buildings and Capitol buildings and so on, uh, down in, I think it's called the well of that, we set up a big reception. All of the counties uh, have a big, it's a, a show, a trade show, if you will, um, where each county has their own booth. We feature some products, you know, usually edible products, and all of the state legislators are invited to come down after session ends that day and visit, try the products and so on. And I've gone a couple times way back in the past and enjoyed it, but never was that active in setting it up and being there as a Farm Bureau representative. So this was my first time to really get into, you know, the purpose of the program. I'll tell you, Ron, I thought it was great. I really enjoyed it. We brought Great Lakes cheese curd. Uh, Great Lakes donated uh, probably 40 pounds of cheese curd for us. We brought that. We served that. And this year, we brought spices from Luff Farms. Luff Farms is located up in Cape Vincent, New York, uh, here in Jefferson County. And we brought a uh, Chipotle chili spice. We brought a roasted garlic spice. And we brought a habanero uh, uh, yeah a habanero garlic honey spice mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and we sprinkled you know we had the plain cheese curd and then we had plates of okay. the spiced yeah. up cheese yeah. curd perfect well it was it was great you know as as things got rolling and you had legislators and their staff starting to cycle through you know they were walking around and they'd stop and sample products and stuff well I would catch them. If they slowed down long enough, I, I was out there set putting the bait out and trying to hook them in uh, with, you know, hey, have you ever tried cheese curd? Well, amazingly, we take it f- for granted up here. You know, cheese curd is part of our uh, part of our history tradition, and, you know, everybody knows what cheese curd is up here. Well, a lot of them have no idea what cheese curd is, so... Mm-hmm. You know, Interesting. You, yeah, and it, gave us, it gives you that opportunity. It's... It's not, I was telling some folks this, it's not about, oh, well, just give them something to eat and make them happy and they walk on. You use the food product to slow them down, give them that agricultural product so they they develop an appreciation for New York agriculture, New York food products. And then you engage them in that conversation about agriculture. That's the And that's really the purpose of the reception is really to, to get that interaction with folks that generally don't come in contact with a with a true farmer right right now i'm not a true farmer though Ron, no so. but you're certainly <laughs> representing farmers and yeah, yeah. uh you know and uh, and certainly understand the industry and uh and and a lot of, of course i mean we know our legislators locally uh certainly understand agriculture but as you move downstate and into the urban areas, uh, you know, unfortunately, the vast majority of the of the legislators that are making policies that impact agriculture in the North Country uh, have no idea what right. it's about, and maybe have never even met a farmer. Right, and there were some there that had no idea and had never met agricultural people before. Um, yeah. This one assemblyman, uh, I forget where he was from in New York City. I think it was like the Bronx or, no, Harlem. He represented parts of Harlem. 
and some other areas right around there. And he, he was bebopping down through and, you know, being real friendly, but he was sort of cruising. I reached out to him with the cheese curtain and said, hey, you, have you had cheese curtain? He looked at me and he said, what is cheese curtain? I said, well, you come on right over here. We're going to get you educated about what cheese curd is. So he, he was having a good old time trying the cheese curd. He really liked the chipotle chili spice on the cheese curd. And you know, we got talking, and he said, wow, well, you know, and I explained how cheese curd is made, and it's from Great Lakes Cheese. And then I told him about the spice. I said, you know, this is a farm right up on the Thousand Islands region, St. Lawrence River up in northern New York. Well, where's that? Well, it's yeah. right next to Canada. If you take a stone and stand <laughs> on the St. Lawrence River and you throw it north, you're going to hit Canada. He's like, oh, really? I, yeah. And so we were talking about the farm and the tradition of that particular farm. And then we got talking a little bit about policy. And he said, well, you know, what's important for... You know, agriculture. And I said, you got to stop making it so expensive to do business here in New York State. I was that blunt with him. I said, mm-hmm. you got to stop making it so expensive. Well, how are, we, how are we doing that? Bingo. That right there, Ron, was the biggest response Yeah, that tells sure. you what the issue is here in New York. These yeah. folks just don't understand that the policies that they're, they're getting told by their constituents and by the organizations that are trying to influence them, they're getting told, oh, they, you know, they're, they're, this is a good thing. But when they actually get an opportunity to sit and talk to you, now, the, I'm sure that gentleman walked away and he might have remembered that a little bit for a few minutes. It's going to take 10 times of having that conversation with him before it really starts to sink in. So it really is a, it's really quite a testament to the Farm Bureau organization that they've year in and year out have done this reception and get the kind of attendance that they get. I think it's actually one of the more popular of all the events that happen day in and day out in, in Albany by various organizations and lobbying groups or whatever, I think this is kind of recognized as, uh, you know, kind of one of the must-attend events by to get those legislators from from the inner city to come to this event. I think is quite a testament, actually. Well, yeah, I mean, it, because you you are and you're getting their staff people, and yeah. so yeah, I would have to believe it's. Pretty popular because, man, you go through there and, for example, uh, a friend of mine, Mark Watts from out in Shimon County, he's president of Shimon County Farm Bureau. You know, he owns a beef farm. He had beef brisket there that he was serving. So, you know, they had maple products. They had wine products. They had uh, sodas, um, all kinds of beverages, all kinds of different food products available. And so I gotta believe that anybody that likes to eat, that's a great place to well, go. Well, some of them, some of them staffers, you know, they use these receptions as a means to eat dinner. That's how they live. So, but so you the reception. Let me finish on the reception, though. Let me finish because I got one more story to tell you on the reception. Okay. All right, and it's a really good one because you just said it. This one uh, young lady uh, from New York City. She comes up, same question, what is cheese curd? 
So I start talking to her and and she came back three times. So maybe she was stocking up to as a staff person. And she was she's not a legisl, you know, direct legislative staff person. She works for the Democratic Conference. She came back three times and brought other staff people with her to find out what cheese curd is. And obviously, I did not let them just stand there and eat cheese curd. Yes, yeah. They they got the gospel of Jay during those sessions. (laughs) The gospel according to Jay. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So anyway, so yeah, that reception uh, was fantastic. Kudos to Farm Bureau for setting that up. They need to do that every year, and it was really great. I was very happy with the the results of that. So what was your question, Ron? So then the next day, you're there. uh, So that evening, the reception gets over. uh, Then the next day, you visit legislators. Right, right. So what happens is, is obviously you're going to visit with your your elected representatives, and we did that. We visited with Scott Gray, the assemblyman for uh, you know the northern part of the county. We visited with Ken Blankenbush, the assemblyman for the southern part of the county, and we re, uh, visited with assemblyman uh, uh, Will Barkley, who is also very importantly so, the minority leader for the Republicans in the whole entire New York State Assembly. Mm -hmm. So we visited with all three of them. We also visited with our new state senator, Mark Walzik. And during those conversations, you know, they get it. All of those uh, elected officials that represent us, they're very good when it comes to agriculture. They get it. But it's a good chance to go to them and just reiterate some of our uh, concerns, um, what our priorities are. Like I talked about, and you and I have talked about this on the show here, about the concern about what they're doing with these uh, climate change policies and eliminating completely use of natural gas, fossil fuels, and especially how that's going to affect food processing facilities here in the state. And uh, how ridiculous that is. So, you know, we re- reiterated that, talked about that. But then the other, the, the more important part, and don't take that uh, as an offense, uh, any of our elected officials, but uh, more importantly, we also get to visit with what we call adopted legislators. And those are folks that, um, you know, are from the city, from urban areas that may not have any contact with agriculture. And we go into their offices, meet with them, talk about agriculture. It might be their their staff person, which sometimes the staff person's actually more important to talk to mm-hmm. than the legislator yes. themselves. And, you know, we go over our priorities, um, you know, what our concerns are. For example, you know, we talk about the ag budget and how, um, we need to increase funding for, for the Nourish New York program from $50 million to $75 million, just as an example. Um, you know, I talked about climate change with every single one of them. Uh, we talked about ag labor issues. Take that time to try to hammer home some of the important issues that's facing agriculture across New York State. One of well, the, let me ask you sure, a quick sure. question. Jay. Yep, yep, yep. In meeting with those folks, do you, do you get any sense at all that they understand where their food comes from? 
in those urban environments or i mean and and, and if not do you feel like you you made you know at least a small impact it kind of sounds like you did I think we were more effective at the reception than during okay. the visits, at least at our booth. I can't speak for how all mm -hmm. the other counties do their their booth presentations. At our booth, I think we we were pretty effective there. In the visits, here's here's my honest opinion on that. We can we can talk all we want about where our food comes from. But those legislators go to the grocery store and they buy groceries yeah. and almost always, albeit the last two, three years have been kind of a oddball situation, almost always they can find what they're looking for. Yeah. Whether it comes from Jefferson County or from, you know. Chile. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, you know. they find what they're looking for. So in the end, I don't think it's, I don't think the argument that resonates with them is, you know, where their food comes from. I think the the argument that resonates with them is what does it mean to the economy, to New York State, to mm -hmm. taxes, to their constituents. That's what I think is more important. And so interesting observation. Uh, you know, sometimes that observation makes me unpopular with other agricultural folks. Mm -hmm. No, I think it's actually, I think you're probably spot on. That's why I wanted to bring it up because, uh, you know, and sometimes we, uh, as farmers, we just think, wow, you know, these people, they don't, they don't appreciate us. They're just going to starve. And, uh, you know, and they're not, it's, it's, they're not, they're not. Starve. yeah, it's not, it's not a concern of theirs. No. That's why when I talk to folks, I'm talking about agriculture has a $1.7 billion economic impact here in our four-county region of northern New York State, that it's helping pay. When I go in and talk to the classes at Jefferson Community College, I'm talking about how the taxes that farmers pay for their businesses are helping run that college how it's farmers that help found that college, how farmers help pay for taxes for their individual schools, how when they're playing in a, on a baseball team or a lacrosse team, that farmers are helping pay the money that helps fund that lacrosse team. Those things, in my opinion, those things have more impact on a non-farmer than a bumper sticker that says no farms, no food. Right. Because yep. somebody's going to provide that food, and it's a matter of who. And we have to argue with a stronger argument about it's more than just the availability of food. It's the economic impact. It's the jobs. It's, you know, my mom's a teacher, and that farm down the road is helping pay her salary. Yeah, that's really really a good message i and you know you mentioned talking with your with our local legislators and i you know i always felt even though they get it and they understand the challenges and and they kind of beat their head against the wall with you know with going up against the downstate legislators and you know obviously the downstate democrats control the agenda and it makes it awful hard for upstate legislators, no matter what party they're from, to get their message across. But, 
but they have so many issues coming at them. I think it's also important to spend some time with them and, and like you said, remind them of what's important because I mean, they got to be overwhelmed with, with the amount of things that go on in Albany, you know, it's, it's just amazes me that, you know, the number of bills that get introduced every year down there. And some of them are just so ridiculous, so ridiculous. but yeah, yeah, it's like, come on people, you know, what happened to the day when being a legislator was a part-time job, but, uh, Unfortunately, that's not the case, and our upstate legislators have to make it a full-time job just to keep track of what the downstaters are trying to do. So. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know whether it's possible to fully keep track. I mean, yeah. it's like Minority Leader Barkley, our assemblyman in the very southern part of uh, Jefferson County, said they have the supermajority in the assembly. They have the supermajority in the Senate. They will do what they want to do in the end. So it, it that's a real problem uh, for uh, the other side of the aisle, which agriculture tends to be more represented by the other side of the aisle, for better yeah. or for worse. Um, yeah. So it's, you know, it's a real challenge. One of the things that was said, and I think it might have been by Assembly, you know, Assemblyman Bark, we have to do more to travel to New York City and meet with these elected officials on their home turf and develop an understanding of what's important to them in their districts. And Farm Bureau just did that, and, but it, it seemed like it was a, a very, you know, a very small, you know, effort. It, does, it didn't look yeah. like it was as large as it could be. Could be. And actually, they met with one of the assemblymen that I stopped at the reception and made a meat uh, cheese curd. Uh, Assemblyman Al Taylor, I'm looking at the picture right now. Uh, New York Farm Bureau went down there and met with a couple of the legislators in their home district and talked about their issues, not about agriculture in Jefferson County. Yeah but about yeah. their districts. Now, I think that given the circumstances, given the fact that, you know, we are in a, a very uh, minute minority uh, here in New York State, you know, for us to stomp our feet and say, no, 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 you can't do that. Guess what? They can, and they will if they desire to. Um, so how do we get to them? Well, we got to get to know them a little bit better, and we got to get to know what is going on on their turf, and how can we help them with those issues. And going to them and saying no farms, no food, yeah, you can yeah. say that all you want, but in most cases, yeah. those uh, supermarket shelves are going to have food on them. So, mm -hmm. real challenge. Well, certainly uh, appreciate the time that you took to go down there, Jay, and I, and along with your colleagues from Jefferson County, I think uh, you had uh, Kyle Haifman and Devin Shelmadine went he, with you. Yes, Kyle is the president of Jefferson County Farm Bureau. He owns Otter Creek Winery up there near Philadelphia. Devin Shelmadine is a partner with Sheelan Dairy Farms uh, down there in Ellisburg, and uh, they did a great job, and you know they're they're definitely great representatives of agriculture here in Jefferson County. Well, it's you know it's hard to break yourself away from everybody's busy on a day to day basis, but it's certainly important. You know, I I did it a lot of years. I uh, 
I still laugh about some of the trips we made to to Albany and uh, some of the stories that they're, you know, good and bad yeah. that, that happened over those years. And uh, I can remember one year being there and, and a farmer from Jefferson County got a call that his barn was on fire during, during oh, the days. And we, we had to get him home. And, you know, so I guess that's an example of, you know, life never stops while yeah. you're away from home, you know, and, yeah. And other stories, you know, uh, certainly a lot more lighthearted of uh, the experiences we had at PX days. So it brings back a lot of memories, certainly. Yeah, it sure does. It sure does. And and uh, you made a good point, Ron, uh, and I'm very cognizant of it, or at least try to be, that it's a lot easier for me as an agency person, you know, the agricultural coordinator for Jefferson County. It's a lot easier for me to get away other than, you know, the after hours impact than it is for a Devin Shalmadine or a Kyle Haveman who are trying to run their own private businesses that operate all day long, every day. It's it's more challenging for them to get away. And, and so, you know, I I enjoy it and I love to talk. So <laughs> Yeah. Oh, shocker. Yeah. <laughs> I would have never known. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I know. I'm pretty quiet, but yeah, I like yeah. to talk. Um, but, uh, and as a matter of fact, uh, by the way, uh, ran into commissioner Richard ball, commissioner of ag and markets, Ron. And there was some mention about how we haven't had him on the podcast yet. So, uh, I sent the invitation out today <laughs> to, uh, make sure that he doesn't, uh, feel left out here. We want him on the podcast. Well, we look, we look forward to that. Yeah. Jay. Yeah. It'd be interesting yeah. to get the commissioner's, uh, perspective here on yep. things. And, yep. uh, Certainly lots of issues and uh, lots that we can, uh, and, and hopefully that conversation could lead to us uh, going down some some further yeah. rabbit holes uh, in future pod, uh, podcasts. Yeah, so, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. We'd love to have well, them on. So. We should probably wrap up here. Yeah, today. yeah, we're yeah, running yeah. long, sir. So uh anyways ron thank you very much sir you've done a good job interviewing today folks thank you for listening to jay madison's rural america thank you for tuning in to jay madison's rural america make sure to join us weekly if you have any questions about the show call jay at 315-782-5865 for more information visit www.agricultureevents.com or jcida.com. Until next time, thanks for tuning in to Jay Madison's Rural America.